You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Well met, fellow adventurers. Continuing to read the book law book, starting off with Solondor. The master illusionist Solondor is a mage whose talents and expertise in matters of illusion are respected throughout the realms. From time to time, Solondor puts his masterful illusions to lurk, to work, producing a special tournament known as the Wing of Illusion where contestants attempt to survive a long series of illusionary scenarios he creates to challenge them. Apart from being a gifted and powerful mage, Solondor is without a doubt one of the wealthiest individuals in the North Wardlands. His fortune is said to rival that of kings. Well, I guess he gets quite an audience for his wings of illusion. And he did all the adventuring stuff too. Sons of Seer. The descendants of the Ard, the Ardivari, which includes most humans alive on Swift today, sometimes refer to themselves as the Sons of Seer. This is in reference to the ancient hero Seer, who legend tells was a champion of the first Ardivari to arrive on Swift. Sounding Oak. The Sounding Oak, a tree many claim, is older than the city that surrounds it. Towers a stone-walled, circular garden in one of the oldest sections of the Taishin capital. While there is little doubt that the massive ancient oak is enchanted, it's long been believed that the magic protecting and preserving the tree is weakening. Over the past three centuries, the tree has lost several limbs and as a consequence of this has taken on a rather eerie 
withered appearance. Despite its more recent hardship, the sounding oak remains an imposing, majestic presence in the city, one that serves to remind the people of Talonus and the kingdom at large of the determination and resilience of the Tyson people. Special bonus adventure tokens. Certain special subscription options provide you with bonus adventure tokens that will be awarded to a single character of your choice. These adventurer tokens will be available to you at the windowless building with the blue door in Hawklaw, Talonus or Twithic following your purchase of one of the special subscription options. If the character who claims these bonus adventure tokens is ever restarted or deleted, the bonus adventure tokens will be automatically made made available to you again. Oh, that's not that exciting. Spider Troll, one of the Normite Nairmish, who thankfully wear denizens of the wild, is the fearsome Spider Troll. Although more troll than spider, these eight-legged abominations have the upper torso, arms and head of a troll that can rise out of an oversized black and green abomination. Spider trolls are trolls, not arachnids. They are believed to have been created by a powerful dark magic ages ago. While they possess the ability to spin webs, they lack the sting and venom of a deadly spider. These creatures are slightly more intelligent than forest trolls, and despite their appearance, they bear many of the same and unsavoury characteristics of their more common kin. While rumours abound that some spider trolls possess magical powers, it is known that the eight-legged trolls have the innate ability to summon and control different species of spiders. Spider trolls dwell in sprawling, subterranean tunnel networks that they dig themselves. These tunnel layers are usually festooned with their all but invisible webs, which snare any creature that unwittingly wanders into them. Spider trolls attract their webs to the walls and ceiling of their lairs. The webs are designed to detect even the slightest air currents, which causes them to drop down on to anything passing by. Sometimes the webs in a spider troll's lair are inhabited by small green and yellow arachnids called wakers. Well, we just read about that last episode. These venomous spiders will swarm and incapacitate anything snared in a spider troll web. Spider trolls are immune to waker venom and take full advantage of the service the small spiders provide. Spider trolls are savage, fierce and relentless combatants. They are believed to be fearless and they will always fight to the death. Okay, let's see. Spiker. Spikers are a strange race of humanoid creatures. Their faces resemble a human, but a spiker's mouth is nearly seven inches wide and filled with with double rows of long, needle-like teeth. Spikers are covered from head to toe in small, thick scales. The red scale variety of spiker is most common. 
few of these abominations are encountered nowadays. Spikers dwell in remote areas of wilderness where they prey upon any living creature unfortunate enough to wander too near to its usually well-hidden lair. Okay, so we did encounter a spiker, but spiker before when we were doing the poaching in in North Scarf adventure to catch a poacher for the Thane, or maybe we didn't. Maybe that was the route we didn't take. But that was the only time you could have seen them. Sithrak the Allfather. Sithrak is the name of the all-powerful deity worshipped by the vast majority of northern Swiss population. As you can plainly see, the world itself is named after Swithak. Swithak followers adhere to an ideology of honesty, humility and faith. Both men and women may become initiated into the many orders that worship Swithak and rise through the ranks equally. Swithak's symbol is a mountain with an open open palm outward hand above it. Okay, stick leg. Long thought to be a creature of myth. The legendary stick leg has been spotted with increasing frequency across the wilds of the North Borderlands. The arms and legs of these strange two-legged woodland beings resemble long thin sticks, so they are not actually made of wood. The thick, spiny exoskeleton that covers their soft flesh resembles the bark of a stick. Stick legs have broad, broad-shelled torso that matches their arms and legs. The heads of these creatures have black, fly-like eyes that protrude from the top of their nearly flat skulls. A thick shell, much like that which covers their torso, protects their heads. The intelligence of these beings have never been determined, but they often operate in large bands, been known to attack trolls and ogres, overpowering such powerful foes with sheer numbers. Sticklegs attack using the sharpened tips of their three-fingered hands. In the woodland setting, these beings move in near total silence and use this to advantage when stalking their prey. They make no audible sounds, and some are speculated. They communicate telepathically. Mm. Or it could just be, you know, uh, smell cues. Okay, stone construct. These creatures, crafted out of stone by the powerful magic wielded by the giant known as Iron Fist, are typically humanoid in design and genuinely man-sized. Other than their vaguely humanoid shape, these mindless creatures do not possess any other human, human qualities and are incapable of independent thought without the controlling magic of their master. They would simply collapse into piles of rock. Stone constructs possess great strength and no, no fear. Well, not many things, no, no, no fear. Although maybe they should. Stone giant. 
As their name suggests, stone giants are extremely large humanoids with grey skin and silver-coloured eyes. They are of average intellect and solitary by nature. These immense beings normally stand between 12 and 15 feet in height and carry stone weapons which they employ with great brutality. Stone giants will not normally attack unless provoked, and many a hero has ended their days beneath the crushing force of a stone giant's savage might. Stone giants, and giants in general, are not as common on Swift as they once were. Alright, Stone Hauler. The term Stone Hauler refers generically to anyone directly associated with with displacement of, of quarried stone from the quarries located in the Stone Hills region of northwest Tulsa. Members of this demanding and potentially lucrative profession have long held a reputation for being fiercely competitive with other stone haulers. It is not uncommon for rivalries between different teams of stone haulers to periodically periodically devolve into violence as the various factors endeavour to improve their standing by ridding themselves of viable competitors. Several of the most prominent teams of stone haulers are based in and around the town of Deepwell. Alright, so... Stone Slayer. At least twice as large as the largest human, and many times stronger than that. Stone slayers are fiercer beings formed out of solid stone that haunt many natural realms. These beings fear nothing and normally wield massive stone clubs. They will often be found in the service of some greater natural denizen. As they were when we fought them quite a while back. Alright. Now that we've done Stone Slayer, Stone Trolls. One of the more elusive and fearsome creatures to still inhabit the remote wilds of the North Borderlands is the intelligent and sinister Stone Troll. Larger than most other types of trolls, and far more intelligent, though no less savage, these creatures are usually found alone, often in control of some, some desolate, uninhabited domain. Stone trolls pre- frequently employ goblins and ogres to perform tasks they consider to be beneath them. They despise all other species of trolls. It should be noted that stone trolls project a powerful aura of anti-magic, making all but impossible to wield spells against them. Fortunately, it doesn't work on a certain magical item, which you use for nearly all those sort of situations. Alright, stone back hill. Now this is a doozy. This is a long one. Originally named after the spider with the same name, Stoneback Hill has a rich, if somewhat tragic, history. Long considered curse, Stoneback Hill 
rising out of the forest north of the city of Trithic, has been avoided by the locals and travellers alike for, for over three centuries. Local folklore has it that anyone foolish enough to set foot on the hill will carry away a part of the curse with them. A curse that will ultimately result in an unimaginably hideous death. Centuries ago, before the area was considered a curse, a monastery in, fact, in honour of Suthak the Allfather was built at the base of Stoneback Hill. The monks who built the monastery claimed the hill was holy land and decreed the hill's summit would serve as a final resting place for the faithful. The monastery, known as Stoneback Monastery, became a place frequented by travellers through, through that part of Tosa, for the blue road monks who drove therein were, mo were most hospitable to the road-worn who arrived at the door. However, the monastery was not without its oddities. Indeed, journals kept by, by, by the monks revealed that over the two centuries that the monastery stood at the base of Stoneback Hill, monks and travellers alike had often witnessed strange, eerie things on the hill and in the forest around it. Local folklore declared that the dead, whizzing out of the graves atop Stoneback Hill, roamed the woods around the monastery at night looking for victims. The locals often joked, making sport of the monks' legendary hospitality, saying that should the roaming dead knock on the monastery door, they'll be treated to a hot supper and a warm bread. The local, the local folklore grew into what was jokingly referred to as the Curse of Stoneback Hill. Then, on a cold autumn night over three centuries ago, the monks that inhabited the monastery at the base of the Stoneback Hill simply disappeared. According to records later found at the monastery, there were 24 monks inhabiting it at the time. Not one of the 24 was ever found, and the disappearance could never be immediately explained. Days later, however, a traveller widened Trithic and told a harrowing tale of a night he had recently spent in the monastery. He told of a ghoulish legion, what he referred to as the Woken Dead, that assailed the monastery in the middle of the night. He claimed that he barely escaped the attack with his life, and many of the monks had either been killed or had fled wildly into the dark forest, as world spread of the traveller's account. The Curse of Stoneback Hill, which had which had been little more than entertaining local folklore, suddenly took on a new, more profound and sinister meaning. Upon learning of the tragic and mysterious events that had taken place in the forest north of Twithic, the King of Tysa sent a group of six border rangers to investigate the hill and the surrounding area. They never returned. With the disappearance of the border rangers, the king of Tulsa demanded the monastery be torn down 
and promptly decreed that it was unlawful for any to tread upon the ground where the monastery formerly stood. Furthermore, treading on the cursed hill itself would now be a crime punishable by death. So the monastery was raised to the ground, and in the mind of everyone, Stoneback Hill became a dark, terrifying place that was to be avoided at all costs. The king also decreed that the stone wall was to be built in the forest, encircling both the hill and the remains of the monastery, to serve as a warning to those who might unwittingly stray too near the cursed ground. The wall, made up of stones that were found about the forest, stood about waist high and proved to be a massive endeavour, taking many years to complete. The wall still stands to this day as an ever-present, ominous reminder of what lies in the forest beyond it. The wall is still maintained to this day and is known, as you might expect, a stone-back wall. The law that punishes any who would dare trespass on the hill still tans, stands to this day, although it has never had to be tested. No one is known to have ever dared set foot on the cursed hill since. These days the curse of Stoneback Hill remains very real to many in the kingdom, especially to the citizens of Trithic and its outlying areas. A few mossy stone blocks still visible off the woods near the spot where Sangrin Road meets the Old North Road are all that remains of the monastery. A stone monument in tribute to the monks of, of Stoneback Monastery still stands at this very spot. A cautionary verse ascribed at the base of the monument still warns travellers that to stray onto the cursed ground of Stoneback Hill is to do so under the penalty of death. Now we had a whole great, huge, enormous adventurer where we went into that hill and we found out what happened all those years ago and that some people have taken advantage of this curse. Now it's one of the first adventures, adventures we did and it's quite a long one so if you keep scrolling down your list you'll find it. You'll have The Secret of Stoneback Hill or something like that as the title. Or you could use the Google machine. Stoneback Spiders. The Stoneback is a fairly common variety of venomous spider found in the woodlands of northern Swift. Their name is derived from the grey, lumpy flesh resembling stone that makes up the top of their bodies. The average stoneback is a palm-sized creature. Stone Eater Ooh, a lot of stone stuff going on here. These large, aggressive and ominous lizards are named Stone Eaters because the primary staple of their diet is stone, while they will catch and eat small animals, or even unwary humanoids. These creatures primarily thrive upon stone and rock, 
with a unique digestive system that turns that turn them into a long-lasting source of nutrients. Stone eaters are commonly found far from human civilization in areas of dense forest. Their lairs are sometimes marked by tall piles of stone, which stir- serve as a food store for the large reptiles. St- adult stone eaters range in size, from that of a large dog to the size of a small bear. Now we encountered some of those in on Sungard Island, and I think we encountered some of those in the city of Tarn as well. Stone Gap. Only spore heaps of rubble and debris, scattered amidst the foliage of the encroaching forest, remains to mark where the town of Stone Gap once stood. Destroyed during a goblin raid nearly two centuries ago, Stone Gap has never been rebuilt. The long deserted settlement, situated on the eastern shore of Lake Ebrek, was once home to a small, but powerful concave of wizard known as the Gate Wardens. And that's another cool name. Lots of cool names. Uh, okay. Stone Horn. Stone Horn is a rare, some would say near mythical, species of deer that are from time to time encountered deep in the forest across the North Broadlands. The Stonehorn Stag, long prized by huntsmen for its grand whack of antlers, the colour of which resembles stone, is one of the most elusive creatures still roaming the wilds. Stone Marsh The ancient and grim fortress of Stone Marsh in the northeastern corner of the kingdom currently serves as the residence of Thane Mazenbach. Or maybe it doesn't, and maybe things have changed entirely. Stone Skin Fever The slow progressing, but horrific, and ultimately deadly affliction known as Stone Skin Fever has long plagued all of Swift but it is most prenament throughout the North Broadlands. The stone sweat, as it is sometimes referred to, normally begins with a mild fever, aches and an agging cough. This slow to progress and normally ends with the petrification of the skin of the afflicted and death. A special mixture of several healing components, including igra root, has been used with somewhat limited success to cure those afflict those stricken with the fever. Okay, Stone Song. This legendary magical horn is said to have the power to turn to stone any giant that hears its haunting blast echoed in the hills. This powerful weapon once belonged to Tang. Tanganar, the warrior mage of legend, who employed its magic to to further his own wicked ends. While its whereabouts remain unknown, it's been suggested 
that it remains by the side of its former master within its tomb. And it, and it, and it did. And then, once we got the stone song, then we had a proper adventure. Stony Hills. This area to the west of Shadow Edge has not been inhabited by the Fenorians for centuries. Remains a wild, border-strewn landscape of rolling hills, steep cliffs and sharp, rocky peaks. The giant known as Iron Fist is said to dwell somewhere within the stony hills. Stored experience. When you, when you acquire and experience the bonus, this is applied to all skills slash powers. The experience for any skills slash powers you haven't yet acquired will be stored. The ability to store and later apply experience to skills, powers in this manner is a newly added feature and will, work, and will only work on experience awarded on or after approximately 5pm Eastern Time on, the, on 11-25-2015. If you acquire the skills and powers for which you possess stored experience, you can apply the experience by visiting the windowless building with the blue door in Hawklaw, Talonless or Trithic and selecting you have stored experience option. Visiting this location will also display for you the total experience that has been stored for each skill slash power. Okay, Stormfield. Stormfield is a small town located in western Tulsa. It is most famous for the dangerous swamp it borders, which locals have affectionately named the Merc. Okay, Stump Turtle. These large turtles are known for their foul tempers and powerful jaws. Here, here are many fishermen throughout the realms have lost entire limbs to these sometimes fearsome reptiles. The stone the stone turtle shell is shaped like a tree stump. Hence the creature's name, and it uses this odd disguise to its advantage in the swampy areas it normally inhabits. Should you encounter a stump tur turtle, please use extreme caution. Stump sill. These living stumps have a large set of powerful jaws, sharp fangs, and a ferocious appetite. Not a good combination. It is longly believed that they are evil woodland spirits that take up residence in stumps, sometimes, and sometimes other sorts of wooden objects. Whatever their origin, these terrifying beasts love nothing more than devouring any living creature in their path. Okay, Sundran Sea. The Sundran Sea is a vast expanse of ocean to the north of northern Swift. It is from across 
over this ocean that swifts two races of men, the Ardavari and the Vorentian, first arrived. Many legends say that the, the Ardavari hero Swear, who many believe was the only true avatar of Swithak, slew a mighty sea serpent named Vor, Vorgorak, while leading the Ardavari to the shores of Swith. Legend also tells that it was the sons and daughters of Vorgrak, prowl, prowl the Sundren to this day, seeking out the ships of the Adavari and vowing vengeance on the sons of Swear. Okay, the Swamp Giant. The, the highs of this green slash grey skinned humanoid Benamos are normally covered with moss and slime. Swamp giants detest humanity, so please avoid them at all cost. Swamp Goblin Swamp goblins, as their name suggests, inhabit swamps and marshes. These foul humanoids are amphibious and can be found on dry land, though they normally hunt Haunt remote bogs or caves with the source of water. Okay. Seer. Seer, one of the largest cities. One of Tysa's largest cities is also its most secluded. Seer sits at the western end of the Fane Vale. Its double set of outer, high outer walls, a remnant of darker, less friendly ages. Due to its close proximity to the well of Haldrigon, Tysa keep, keeps a respectable military presence in Seer. Seer the Undaunted. Seer, for whom the Tyson city is named, is hailed by the descendants of the Adavari as the only true avatar of Swithak. Seer is said to have led more than 100 voyages of the Ardavari across the Sundran Sea. Although historians of the current age places number no more than nine. Legends say that Seer fought and slew the ancient sea serpent Vorgorak in a battle that lasted seven days. Legends also tell that it was sons and daughters of Vorgorak of Vorkak, prowl the Sundran to this day, seeking out the ships of the Adavari and vowing revenge on the sons of Seer. By all accounts, Seer is regarded as the most powerful warrior to have ever walked upon Swift. Although perhaps some of the most high-ranking planking players here, could they defeat him? Who knows? Who knows? Probably not, because Seer has plot armour. His only defeat, and the one that ended his life, came at the hands of Halef the Deceiver, a long-time friend and ally. It is written that Seer and Halef fought for the love of the maiden Phyrises, and when it became obvious she had chosen Seer, Halef killed the hero of the Ardavari while he slept. Now, look, look, you don't, don't feel 
really, he's the most powerful man in history. And the greatest hero ever. Like, you really should not, you really should have expected that. That, that this was, this was a contest you cannot win. You, I mean, really, I mean, really. According to legend, Sears' body was weighted and sunk into the depths of the Sundran Sea. His magical sword, Moonstorm, slank into the stormy depths with its fallen master. Halaft, guilty over the betrayal of his friend, fled to the wilderness and was never seen again. Pelides is said to have spent the remainder of her days staring out over the Sundran Sea, longing for the man to whom she had given her heart. Oh, ended bad for all concerned. Although that is how things go with matters of the heart sometimes. Sibwin Forest, the grand golden wood as it is known throughout Tosa, stretches from the southeastern shores of Moondire Lake to the northern edge of Belsong Slough. The second length of, Wither, of the Wither Twinned carves a path through the centre of the ancient forest before skirting the moors in south and east of Serban, passing by the city of Twindmore and emptying into Barrow Lock. Several roads pass through the great forest, though only a few of them are still used with any frequency. Alright, now we are on to the teas. Tail, and there's a lot of them. Tail sting. Oh, oh, there, there isn't one. That's another one of those entries that's not there. Oh, well. Tackerback. These man-sized, all larger, silver-feathered predatory birds live on rocky ledges amidst the peaches, pe peaks of the Ferundian range. They have been known to attack and even carry off travellers to their lairs, where they are promptly devoured. Alright, Taladius Wedborn. While much of what passes for the history of the Tyson farmer, known as Taladius Wedborn, is commonly believed to be the stuff of legend and folklore, there are many, particularly the citizens of his former village, who believe in his curse and in the Wed Wolf of Sageholt. As the story goes, Taladius was a farmer who owned and worked several large plots of land east of the village of Sagehold, a small settlement south of Talonus, over a hundred years ago. It is said that on a cold autumn night, Chaldeus came face to face with a horrid, two-legged wolf-like creature at the edge of the forest that was named after his grandfather, Redborn Forest. Talardius fled and survived the encounter, but not before the creature waked him with, with his steel-hard claws. After that night, people in and around the village of Sator began disappearing. In all, twelve people vanished, 
and not one of them was ever seen again. It was the account of a young boy that led the citizens of Sageholt to the gates of Wedhorn Manor, where Talaudius lived alone. His accuser, a man from the village, said that he had seen Talaudius change form and turn into a large, savage wolf creature and carry off one of the missing villagers, Quim Starband, into the forest. Talaudius pleaded for mercy and attempted to refute the boy's claim, but he was taken into custody and hanged six days later in the village square. His body was burned and his ashes were scattered in the forest, which was properly renamed the Blustery Wood. Ever since his death, accounts of the Guardius still prowling the forests around Sageholt in the form of a large wolf creature have become part of the local folklore and have given rise to the legend of the curse of Teladius Wedborn and the Red Wolf of Sageholt. It is believed that Teladius seeks revenge against the descendants of the villagers who condemned him to death a century ago. Look, the death, the death didn't stick, so uh, don't be so bitter about it, okay? Apparently, you just apparently you're some sort of immortal. Just enjoy it, you know. Learn some skills. Or see the world. Don't just stick around in the forest and keep trying to kill the same people over and over again. I mean, really, you got you had an advantage. Take make you had you got a lot of time to live. Make use of it. Talorian Pike, the ancient highway connects Tysa's capital, Talus, to many central, western and northeastern portions of the kingdom. Much of the pike is patrolled by Tyson soldiers and border rangers, though a good portion of it is either infrequently patrolled or not patrolled at all. It isn't uncommon for travellers to hire guards to escort them along the more dangerous sections of the pike. Okay, Talinus. City of the Griffin. Talinus is the capital city of Tysa, and thus it is here that, that king, the king's citadel is located. Tysa's current monarch is King Renwald. Talinus is among the most renowned and prosperous cities in the North Broadlands. The land outside the city is rich and fertile, and which has given rise to a thriving agricultural community and bordered by the sea to the north, Talinus enjoys a profitable trade with many different cities and nations. The city is named the City of the Griffin due to the four large stone griffins that adorn its high outer wall. Legend has it that the griffins are the guardians of the city and will come to life to protect the city in its hour of greatest need. Well, Maybe? Maybe, who knows? Over 2,000 years ago, as the army as the fellow of the cruel besieged the city, 
It is said that a powerful griffin named Melidor came to the city's defence. The powerful creature, creature single-handedly destroyed Fliar the Cool's army. And then slew the, slew the evil barbarian lord before the gates of the city. Fledador then gave his four children to the surface of the city. And, and, and they became the large stone griffins that sit atop the city's high outer wall. Although many discount the story as a mere legend, the imposing presence of the stone griffins has given a many, many a would-be invader second thoughts about assailing the capital of Tysa. Now, that would be cool if there was some sort of thing you could do. If thing, well, of course, no, that wouldn't be cool because if it did, if we did have to do it, then things would be really, really, really bad. But I mean, narratively speaking, it would be cool if we could awaken the stone griffins. Hmm. All right, so that's that. Well, that explains. How about about the the Griffins the Griffins early role in the history of Tysa? Okay, tallies, tallies. Perhaps the most illustrious adventure in all of Swithian history. Tallies now once a trading post where we exchange engages in selling many of the magnificent enchanted weapons and magical pieces of armour he's collected over a lifetime of adventure, leaving every every future every future adventurer with with the the leavings, dribbles and scraps. The only currency accepted at Tally's trading post is adventurer tokens. Okay. Talonvale. This densely forested valley. Surrounded by the Skyhorn Mountains. Is home. To an ancient civilization known as the Guardian. The Guardian are a breed of extremely large owls. Some close to ten feet in height. These powerful and intelligent creatures are said to communicate with one another through a complex language that no human has ever been able to decipher. Humans who have actually met the Guardian say that large owls can also communicate telepathically with other creatures. Well, that's convenient. There are no human settlements in the dense forest of the Talon Vale. For few beings dare tread upon the womb of the Gardran. Although docile and reclusive, Gardran defend their homeland furiously and have more than once routed invading armies and even a few roving dragons that sought to conquer Talon Vale. There remains much that is unknown about the Gardran. It is believed that they have inhabited the Talon Vale for several thousand years, though no one knows their exact number. 
The very wise believe that they continue to flourish in their self, in their self-sent, self-created seclusion. Although Talonfail falls geographically inside the kingdom of the Phaedon, it has long been considered a realm unto itself, outside the political landscape of the kingdom. Well, I do hope we get to meet the Guardian at some point. Probably a pretty distant point, because we're going to have to need one heck of a reason to go there. Because you don't just turn up, because... I don't think they'll just like that if you just turned up and said, Hey, I wanted to see some owl people. Hello. Well, that'd probably be the reason we as the players go there, but as the adventurers, you're going to need have to need a reason, especially since you're both in another kingdom and in the realm of the owl people. So that's two huge reasons you'll need to go there. Oh well, I'm sure, eventually maybe, eventually. But for now we just have, he just, just just can take comfort in knowing there are ten foot tall owl people just hanging around doing owl people stuff. Yes. Well, we meet them at some point. That would be nice. Tannenwood. This thick, ancient forest of Tannenwood lies south and east of the city of Talinus. Tar Lake. The perilous black depths of Tar Lake have claimed countless wary and foolhardy souls. The vast morass of thick, bubbling tar lies deep within the forest region of central Tysa, known as the Griffin Crags. Dozens of small islands of stone rise out of the deadly tar bog, adding to the sinister appearance of the treacherous lake. Some adventurers, though who can believe anything, everything an adventurer says, claim to have successfully navigated their way to the heart of the mire. While it is possible there is truth to some of these accounts, it's extremely likely there are many who have attempted to cross the lake only to have the fathomless abyss become their tomb. Ooh, ooh, and now that, 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 I mean, drowning in tar, I mean, that, that would be... I don't, I don't know. It's, I don't. I don't know. I don't have a list. But if there was a top ten worst place ways ways to die list, that would that may well be on it. I haven't made this list because uh, it would be really really uncomfortable to think about. And honestly, it would get. I'll probably always be able to think of something worse. Another legend maintains that the souls of those who perished of the bog were now and again wise out of the mire in the form of a fearsome guardian spirit known as Ogawa to visit Tar Lake 
travel to the Griffin Cracks in central Tulsa. Tongara. Tongara is the semi-legendary Moria Mage who was the master of a rare form of magic that allowed him to transform living flesh to stone. As his powers of petrification grew, he became exceedingly wicked, using his magical ability to gain power and wealth beyond reason. Of all his material wealth, his most prized possession was the magical horn Stone Song, which is said to have the power to petrify any giant that hears its haunting blast echoed in the hills. Tangabar used his horn to gain the obedience of several fearsome giants, which he employed to further his own wicked end. In the final days of his life, the cruel warrior mage is said to have constructed his own tomb, complete with the devious puzzle that he hoped would forever protect his final resting place and his beloved horn. Now, you could have just, you know, used, uh, you know, a lock. Or even, or, or, I mean, if you don't intend to anyone ever to get there, just, you know, a wall. Just wall it up. Does he want, don't want someone to get to? Build a wall. But honestly, if you feel like doing a puzzle, then do a puzzle. Just, just makes things, it makes things, you know... A lot more possible and fun for future adventurers. And of course, we did go into that tomb. And we did take the stone song. And then we did use it in an epic adventure that followed. Alright. Tarn, City of Sorcerers. Little remains of the once glorious City of Sorcerers. Nestled between two of the northernmost spurs of the mighty Ferundian range, at the foot of the dark and steep stone lake in the northwest corner of Tysa, when the supreme leader of the city-state, the Tarn Hearn, was overthrown by his magic-wielding subject, the city quickly descended into chaos and ruin. Within a few decades of, of the uprising, the city of Tarn was abandoned, left to the ravages of the wild region that surrounded it, and the wild things that sought refuge within its crumbling walls. It has been over a thousand years since the last of the great sorcerers left Tarn, and in that time, the ruined city has become a place where few dare to tread. It is believed that the secrets of the Tarn Hearn, and known as of his greatest disciples, are buried beneath the ruins, awaiting discovery before they are lost and condemned, and condemned to forever remain myth and legend. The gates of Tarn, for which any who seek to explore the ruined city must pass, still sand, long ago imbued with powerful magic, will remain a formidable barrier 
but only the very mighty should attempt to open. It's believed that the ruins are home to a wicked assortment of cruel beasts, some who have wandered into the shattered city and chosen as a lair, and others strategically left behind by the departing sorceress. Guardians of the secrets hidden in the depths of the ruin. ruins. The powerful, the plentiful and foul Tarnwat was named after the city, due to the prolific number of the giant rodents that were found throughout the ruins. If you should find your way to Tarn, Please, be careful. Okay. Okay, I'll do Tarnhern. Tarnhern. The Tarnhern was the name given to the Sorcerer Lord, who ruled the long-ruined city-state of Tarn. A sudden and violent uprising that resulted in the depths of the Tarnhern at the hands of his own disciples is long believed to have been the catalyst in a series of events that resulted in the abandonment and subsequent ruin of the city. Tarnwat. Tarnwats look like large rats. This is primarily due to the fact that they are large rats. Tarnwats normally inhabit smaller, inhabit woodland areas where they prey upon most things smaller than them. Tales abound about packs of vicious tarnwats that have killed and devoured travellers, though many greet such tales with a fair amount of scepticism. Still, a cornered tarnwat could be a rather nasty combatant. Okay, that's that seems to be enough for today. So the next entry will be Tamara, and until then, farewell, fellow adventurers. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.